If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, a podcast about what heroes can and can't do. My name is Becca, and I apologize in advance for this episode. My name is Josh, and well, if you think it's that bad, we can always erase all evidence of the podcast at the end. (laughs) Spoilers. We're a podcast about Silver Age comics, and this week we're covering the Eraser. And we're a couple who loves each other. Yes. I'm going to start with news. So... I have a number of news items, and then we can get to the big news this week. So mm-hmm. stick around, everybody. Not that you weren't going to stick around. You just started listening to the podcast. Hopefully you'll stick around. <laughs> okay, so my first piece of news here, uh, the Blue Be- there was a Blue Beetle film announced, and it was announced that it was going to be an HBO original along with the Batgirl and Static Shock films. Is that the Blue and Gold film, or is it just Blue Beetle? Just Blue Beetle. Interesting. And... It's only going to be available on HBO Max. It's not going to be released in theaters. Okay, that's fine. Okay. You, you really? You, you don't think that the Batgirl movie should get a theater release? I don't know if I'll ever go to a movie theater again. <laughs> I'm perfectly content with my HBO Max subscription and making popcorn right here. The only downside is, as we saw when we watched a movie earlier this week on HBO Max, uh, sometimes the people you're watching with get bored and decide to get up and do housework while you're trying to watch Take the movie. Take out the trash yeah. and make a lot of noise. You know, just like putter around in the kitchen. Play around on their iPad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a call out post to specific people. You never see that in the movie theater. You never see somebody get up. Go to the door, kind of just like look outside, ask you if it's raining, <laughs> let the dog out, all while you're trying to watch a movie. I mean, I have seen people like on their phone and sometimes talking on the phone in movie theaters, which is also like awful. Yeah. But at, at least there you can I can't have... call security on my mom, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I can't get security to kick my mom out of her own house (laughs) while I'm trying to watch a movie. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I wanted to share that. And uh, I don't know. I kind of think the Batgirl should get a theater release. Especially since it's being uh, written and potentially directed by Academy Award winner Emerald Fennel. Yeah. Maybe they'll do one of those things that they do with the like animated movies where they'll do a weekend event or something where you can see it for like two nights in the theater. Mm-hmm. Brief correction. Actually, she's doing the Zatanna movie. We don't know who's doing Batgirl yet. Oh, okay. But it could be Emerald Funnel. That'd be nice. <laughs> she could be doing both. She is a screenwriter. <laughs> anyway, okay. So next piece of news. Batman and Fables is getting a crossover titled Batman versus Big B, A Wolf in Gotham. And it will be releasing in September. It's a six-issue miniseries, and it's on DC's Black Label, which is like their adult series. Yeah. Fables is usually pretty adult. It's Mm -hmm. like pretty violent, very gritty. If you haven't played the Telltale game The Wolf Among Us, I highly recommend it. It's really interesting. It's one of Telltale's better games before things got weird there. (laughs) They also did a Batman game. They did do a Batman game. If Telltale was still around, do you think they would do um, a, a Fables and Batman B- Telltale crossover? I don't know. That's a good question. I doubt it. Just because it's two different companies. They would have to both get the licensing right from both. And then they would have to run like every single decision past both companies. Mm-hmm. It, it would just be too much work for them yeah. if they were still around. This is actually Fable's 20th anniversary, and that's why they're releasing this comic. Wow. Yeah. I was trying to buy a Fable's compendium the other day, and it was like, it was like, I don't, like a telephone book, but like an old <laughs> telephone book. It was gigantic. So it started in 2000, I want to say the last run of it was in like 2015 or something. So it's, it's, it was active for a long time. Yeah. I want to say they had like something like 500 issues. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. And when you go to the comic book store, there's like a jillion different like spin-offs and spin-offs stuff and yeah. mini-series because mm-hmm. it's there's endless 
possibilities. If you don't know what <laughs> Fables is, it's basically like a gritty reboot of fairy tales. Yeah. And they all live in a city. It's like a comic book version of that ABC show. Uh, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. <laughs> yeah. But better. But yeah, but but like grittier than mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time was. Yeah. And uh, Big B, aka the Big Bad Wolf, is kind of like a shapeshifter. He's not exactly a werewolf. He can change into a wolf Sort of at will, mm. sort of only when he gets really angry, and he can change into, like, he's got, like, different, at least in the game. Okay. Full disclosure, I've only played the game, haven't read the books. <laughs> uh, in the game, he can, he as he gets angry and angrier progressively through the episodes, he, like, transforms more into a wolf at, like, the climax of the episode before, like, getting control of himself. Mm. Uh, He's also, like, a detective, too, right? He is a detective. So it makes sense that he would be working with the world's greatest detective. Mm -hmm. He's sort of like um, the Fables town, whatever they call it. It's something like that. Uh, Little... Sheriff or whatever? Little fairy tale or whatever. Yeah, sheriff. I was going to say chief of police. Sheriff is a better way to describe him. (laughs) Yes. He's like Hopper in Stranger Things. Yes. He's the sheriff. Okay. Next piece of news. The director of the Lego Batman movie revealed this week that there was a Lego Batman movie sequel in the works, and the script had been written by Dan Harmon and Michael Waldron. uh, And Michael Waldron was a writer for Loki, Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, and he also worked on Rick and Morty as well, along with Dan Harmon. Okay. So uh, it would have explored Batman's relationship with Superman and the Justice League. And it was canceled when Universal bought the rights to Lego movies back in April. Aw. Yeah. So I did hear that it was canceled because it relates to the the last story we're going to do. The headline I saw was like, Lego Batman 2 has been canceled, but not because of that. Oh. (laughs) Apparently, they said that there was also, like, a big part for Robin. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of bummed. Like, I want to see... I like I w- Michael Sarah. Yeah, I want I wanted someone to leak the script. Like, Dan Harmon... If they probably will. <laughs> Dan Harmon, if you're listening, leak the script, because I want to see it. Listen, Dan, I listen to your podcast. You should listen to mine. <laughs> and leak that script. That would I had no idea that Dan Harmon was writing that script. I love Dan Harmon. Yeah, Dan Harmon writes a lot of stuff that I really like. Mm-hmm. I liked Harmon Quest. I liked Community. Not so much Rick and Morty, but that's okay. I don't like Rick and Morty. (laughs) Let's see. Next piece of news. Suicide Squad. The runtime was announced by James Gunn. It's going to be two hours and 12 minutes. What do you think about that? All (laughs) Starro. Two two hours of Starro. Yeah. Do you think that that's a good good running time for a movie? Two hours and 12 minutes? I think it's a good runtime for a movie. I feel like that's a very satisfying runtime for a movie. Yeah. Hour and a half would be too little. Yeah. Hour and a half would be too short. And like uh, Avatar levels of of movie, like three hours long is like way too long. Yeah. Two hours and 45 minutes is way too long for a movie. I sat through the Justice League. I don't think we... We didn't watch it all once. No, we watched it in like three or four seconds. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, I guess two two hours. Two hour chunks is, is good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then finally on my docket, Jason Todd's origins are going to be explored in the season three of Titans as shown in a new teaser. So the new teaser shows him in some sort of like fun land, like a, you know, Gotham's uh, amusement mile pier. And he comes across a guy who has like a big smile on his face, who's tied mm. up. And then there's like spooky stuff going on, and then it shows him in the red hood. Oh no! So they're probably gonna go over his his abuse by the Joker. Jason, stay away from crowbars. <laughs> that's not good. Yep. So that's gonna happen in season three of Titans, most likely. Ugh. Do I have to start watching Titans again? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know how deep is my dedication to Red Hood and every iteration of him. Okay. My, my faith will be tested. That's that's my last piece of news. So we can get on to the biggest piece of news. Okay. Fair warning, everyone. So this next piece of news involves adult content of a sexual nature. If that is not something you're interested in hearing, please skip ahead to the timestamp in the description where we start going over the comic. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that you've all had time... <laughs> Now that you've cleared the room of children, 
In a recent interview with Variety, Harley Quinn series co-creator Justin Halpern noted that he enjoys writing villainous characters because he has the freedom and leeway to do what he wants with those characters. He contrasted that freedom in writing villains versus writing heroes with this anecdote. Quote, A perfect example of this is that in the third season of Harley, when we had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman, and DC was like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. They're like, heroes don't do that. So we said, are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers? And they were like, no, it's just that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. End quote. (laughs) I am distraught that DC would have this take for so many reasons. It's not like Batman never has sex in the comic books. No. It's not like Batman never has sex in the movies. We've gone over this. He had sex with Talia al Ghul, although I might want to point out that in that comic that I covered, where it's the one that's like the origins of where Damian Wayne came from, Mm -hmm. they were technically married (laughs) in that. But that was like a comic came out in, what was that, 85, 89, something like that. Okay. you know, it was pretty old. He has sex with Catwoman in Rebirth a lot. Yeah. They're not married. They get engaged... But they have sex before, during, and after their engagement. (laughs) Um, No, it never shows Batman doing anything additional. (laughs) Oral oral in nature. (laughs) However, I think it can be assumed that he's a smart man, he's an athletic man, and Catwoman is a woman who communicates her needs, I feel. (laughs) So I don't see why there's any reason why... There should be this, like, hesitation from DC to show Batman being a generous lover. (laughs) What do you think? Uh, I think that it sort of makes sense for Batman in particular, just because we're shown that the majority of his relationships are superficial, and that he in my mind is not it is a selfish lover or, or is not a uh is not as invested in love making as perhaps some other people would be but like he's always portrayed as a billionaire playboy yeah he but he's also emotionally back. detached i mean could you be more emotionally detached from someone during love making when you're not even looking at them <laughs> That's pretty detached. I, I don't know. I feel I, there's there's like an extra level to that to me. I guess I don't know. It, it's it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting thought experiment. It just it's cowardly to me <laughs> that DC would have. Take- it's super weird to me. It's I don't I don't want to I don't mean to cut you off, but okay. it's super weird to me that they would say that it makes it hard to sell toys. Yeah. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, are they? What are they worried about? That people are going to boycott the toys if they learn that Batman is a generous lover? (laughs) Who's watching Harley Quinn who's also going to go out and buy a Batman toy? Is what I want to (laughs) know. Like, is there... I guess, like, toxic masculine people who would be like, I'm not buying another action figure again because... Batman puts out too much. Do people like that exist? I don't. I mean, I'm sure that there's one or two, but I don't think that they're a big enough market share that DC would actually have to worry about that when it comes to merchandise sales. I feel like you've talked to more men than I have. Is that is it seen as like weak? The, to, to certain demographics of people. Like there are definitely... The DJ Collins of the world. There, there are definitely like machismo men who believe that it's, it's like lesser. It's, it's belittling uh, to perform oral sex. I just don't understand why the higher ups at DC would want to align themselves with that kind of thinking. I don't, I don't know. It, it's possible that the higher ups at DC are, t- are those types themselves. I can't see that though. It's so puritanical in a way that I didn't really expect from DC. <laughs> I'm a little bit shocked. Okay. Here's where I can see it from. Kevin Feige. I could see Kevin Feige being like, 
absolutely not. We're not going to have a scene in Black Widow where somebody's going down on her. I don't care how powerful she is. <laughs> that's not something that's happening in my MCU. And I'd be like, I get it. It's a world you've built. Mm-hmm. It's fine. DC has... And also, you know, they're they're under Disney. They have certain things. Yeah, they have to I mean, you gotta hit the like the PG thirteen for the movies and stuff. Yeah, like DC whores themselves out to any buyer. It's why <laughs> there's never ever gonna be like a unified DC universe in like movies, films, video games, whatever. They'll literally be like, oh, you want to do a crappy TV show about the Titans? Sure, whatever. Oh, you want to do 800 shows about the Gotham PD? Okay, yeah. (laughs) Oh, none of them are connected. Yeah, sure, do whatever you want. No, no one can go down on anyone. Absolutely not. We can't, <laughs> unless, unless you want to have a prostitute going down on Joker, that'd be funny. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Sure. Yeah, the Absolutely. other thing that's weird about it is that it's it's restricted to just heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah that too. Because, yeah, Harley Quinn and, and Ivy uh, make love well, in that show. Okay. And that brings me to, unless, are, are, are we sort of, we've played out this conversation? I'll never be done. Okay. I'll die mad about this. Okay. It brings me to my my next segment, which is a game, oh. which I call, Which Heroes Do That? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to start with a softball. Oh, okay? okay. Catherine Kate Kane. Okay. Batwoman. Did, oh, well. Ca- canonically lesbian. Of, of course she does that. She's a hero, correct? She is a hero. Okay. She's a hero. She definitely does that. She has a wife. Right? She dates Montoya, Renee Montoya on the Gotham PD for a long time. They do break up, I think, eventually. That's sad. Okay, they both do that. And they're both heroes. (laughs) And I just, there's, I mean, there's plenty of other things that they could also be doing, but you know that's got to be a main part of it. Yeah, yeah, they do that. They do that. And they're they're heroes. They are. So. They're good heroes. This puts it, this puts, this puts a, I guess a nail in the coffin for that, for that argument or something. Like it's a, it's, it's one incredibly big example of how to refute it. Does DC just mean male heroes don't do that? Okay. Well, let's, let's keep going. All right. Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. Does Dick Grayson do that? Does Dick Grayson. And let's go with Nightwing. Let's say Nightwing. You know, Uh, Well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, With Corey or with, with Barbara? Either. Um, I feel like he would be more inclined to do it with Corey. Yeah. I mean, who knows what she's got going on down there? <laughs> she's a right. hot she, alien she, babe. Truly alien. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Nightwing does do that. Yes. Nightwing does yeah, that. Absolutely. And I, that's the same thing I thought. You know what? He's He grew up in the circus. He's a little loose. He's probably <laughs> bisexual. He does that. Okay. Jason Todd. Does Jason Todd do that? Jason Todd. Before or after his death? Uh, but I'm, uh, after, I guess. Oh, yeah, because well, he, we're he died pretty young. Adult. We're talking adult. Adult Jason Todd. Uh, you know what? Jason might have just that level of machismo where he's like, nah, baby, I don't like this. Yeah, I, that's the same thing I thought, too. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I thought Jason Todd does not do that. No. And, and but it's, he's a villain. <laughs> and it's because he learned it from his father, who was a deadbeat, who also had toxic masculinity. It's true. It's all about how you're raised. <laughs> Okay, keeping it within the Batman family. Okay. Alfred Pennyworth. Oh, no. Does Alfred Pennyworth do that? No, Alfred's ace. <laughs> really? Yeah. I... Mm, Alfred's okay. asexual. Asexual. Yeah. Uh, would Did Alfred do that when he was younger? Oh, he had his dalliances in the <laughs> army, I'm sure. Okay. Comic book Superman. Comic book Superman. Comic book Superman. He didn't until he met Lois. Mm, okay. He, he just, you know, Kansas girls, they don't know. <laughs> They're just like, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I can see I can see Lois Lois requesting requesting yeah. that. Superman Snyderverse. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> no, he Actually, I, yeah. isn't there a scene where he and Lois have sex in the bathtub? I think he does do that. On, I think Zack Snyder committed that scene to celluloid. <laughs> <laughs> I need a fact checker on that, but I do believe we do see Superman do that. Really? Maybe. Probably not. And DC didn't push back. They had sex in a bathtub. I mean, that's like the closest you're going to get. Okay. Doing that. Mm, 
Well, no, because you'll drown. <laughs> Uh, so you think he does that? I I thought th- I thought he he didn't do that. Just I don't know. I just based on the way that Henry Cavill looks. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Cavill Superman does that. I'm on <laughs> the fence about it. Okay, okay. Snyder verse Aquaman. Lois just never looks like all that happy. Even <laughs> <when he's alive. laughs> That's true. Okay. Amy Adams is phoning that in. Ah, oh, she's so great, though. <laughs> Even when she's phoning it in, it's a phone call I want to be on. <laughs> okay, um, Jason Aqu- Momoa, Aquaman. Aquaman, definitely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He can't exactly. hide it. <laughs> and then I put I put Flash Snyderverse in here in question marks. I feel like oh. he's never touched a woman. <laughs> no, not in... <laughs> well, he, touched, he, he literally stuck his finger he's, out and touched He's them. never touched a woman outside of the Speed Force, yeah. so <laughs> no. He doesn't yet do that, I guess... We'll see. I don't know. And his like weird future flash suit also doesn't seem like he does that, but <laughs> it's the apocalypse. There's not really a lot of time for This is the most fun game I we've ever played on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um Martian Manhunter, John Johns. Does he do that? Does he do that? Um I feel like only in his like human form. Okay. Maybe. Okay. But only after, like, like, watching it happen on television. I don't know if he's ever had, like, a a serious romantic love interest for a long time. It's possible that he does in the comics. I don't know, because I don't read a lot of stuff that he's in. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That one was one of the ones that I was kind of up in the air about. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, Okay. Original Flash, Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick does that. Jay Garrick does that, you yeah. think? Yeah. I feel like he's a little too old school. He lives through the sexual revolution. I guess. I don't know. I feel like he's he's kind of an old timer. He's a little old school. I feel like he might not do that. Okay. I, maybe he does it he does it in old age. Like he he like <laughs> becomes a more generous lover as as he ages. He he makes me feel like he didn't do that. And then during World War One, he like went to France, and suddenly <laughs> he does that. <laughs> okay, uh, Hal War- Hal Jordan, sorry. Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Yes. Oh, he's always making it with alien babes. You know he does. That. Yeah, probably. Um, and then I, I, this is another softball at the very end. Oliver Queen. Green Arrow. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Oliver 100. Queen definitely does that. Uh, Oliver Queen does that regularly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he enjoys it. Yes. He's got that mustache. <laughs> Black Canary. Jealous. Yeah, Black Canary is... She's living. She's living. It's. It seems to me that a common theme is like... Of men who do that in the comic book DC Universe headcanon that we've decided on, which is now canon, uh, is men who are like free liberal, uh, have steady girlfriends who stay with them for a long time, who are also strong-willed mm-hmm. and independent mm-hmm. and maybe heroes themselves. Yeah. The only... The ones I've, who don't do that are the ones with, like, daddy issues. Uh, yeah. A, 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 a excessive machismo. A- asexual. <laughs> um, yeah. I just feel like Batman is definitely someone who would do that because he falls into that type. He's free thinking. He's experienced a lot of things. He's got a strong, he's got a steady lover of 80 years <laughs> who knows what she wants. And I feel like he would do that. So DC, get at us. You're wrong. We're right. Let Batman <laughs> eat. He hungry. <laughs> Okay, now I think we're done. We're done with that, and our listeners can breathe a sigh of relief. And we can talk about this week's comic. The Silver Age comic, Batman number 188. The Eraser Who Tried to Rub Out Batman. No comment. <laughs> uh, you get a year on this? I think it's it's 66. 66, uh, December. De- December of 66. Writer was John Broom. Penciler was Sheldon Moldov. Inker Joe Giella. Uh, letterer Gaspar Saladino and editor Julia Schwartz. So John Broom is someone who we haven't seen as a writer for most of the ones that we've read. Yeah. Right? We typically have who is it? Bill Finger. Bill Finger. Daddy Bill. <laughs> and uh, it it becomes really noticeable. And I'll make comments mm-hmm. about this later. And I think I know the reason why. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also want to I, I want to note before we start with the actual like comic that I have a comment about the model boat ad that is in the front of this comic. The grand prize for the sweepstakes that they are running is a real sailboat. And the picture that they show looks like it can hold maybe two, three people tops. Looks like a like a windsurfing. I was literally just about to say that. I was like, it, it's no bigger than a windsurfing board. The Newport kite. It's it's so small. It's barely a boat. So there's also like other prizes, uh, including a table lamp. A sorry, a nautical themed table lamp. Ah. And uh, you can get, there's also 300 prizes that is just more sailing ship kits. Uh, You enter the sweepstakes by writing your name and address on the end panel. And in in parentheses here, it says, or a reasonable facsimile of Revel sailing ship kit. What does that mean? A reasonable facsimile of the end panel of a ship kit. I... I don't know. Can I forge the end panel of a of a ship building kit? I don't know what an end panel is. I think they just mean like the end of the box. Like you oh. get you get the ship in a box and the end pan they're like, you know, rip off a piece of the box so we know that you bought a ship kit from us. Write your name and address on it and you'll be entered in the sweepstakes. A receipt. Oh, you think maybe something else that proves that you bought the boat. Yeah. Send us the whole boat. Write your name on the sale. That's what, Honestly, when I first saw what it was, it was like, you can win a prize by building one of our boats. I was like, do I have to send them the boat? or Take a your pic- pen knife. A carve your name into the stag hound. <laughs> send it to us. So anyway, this is an interesting, uh, this is an interesting sweepstakes. And I... Was wondering maybe you could game the system, cut off either end of the kit, and then write your name on both sides. Send them in separate letters, and you get entered twice for just buying one boat. Mm. Do you think I still win this? Uh, no, I I highly doubt it. Mm. This, this 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 contest from the year your father was born. Yes, <laughs> I don't think you can win it. Oh, oh well. I really wanted that boat that's the size of a waveboard or a, a, a windsurfing board. I can't swim. I should buy a boat. I guess that's how that works. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just pool floaties, maybe. Good investment. Or just don't go near the ocean. Never, ever, ever. I don't need to. Some people never see it. They're fine. Yeah. They live. They die without ever having seen a, an ocean. <laughs> it's not that great. Yeah, usually it's bad. It's got trash in it. Sometimes it smells. Sometimes you get eaten by a shark. Not often. That's the way it goes. Yeah, but it's not zero. (laughs) The odds are not zero. I suppose that is correct. So, Eraser rubs Batman out. Mm -hmm. Let's get to it. Yes. The comic warns us in the, the, like, opening panel. It says that we should brace ourselves... Uh, before reading, because the Eraser is a fantastic villain. <laughs> we open with Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson eyeing up a model advertising Erasers in a department store. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Mm-hmm. You've heard of sign spinners. Eraser models. Yes. That's where the future is. And she's not a mannequin. She's a real woman who's paid to stand there in very high heels. With like a three foot tall eraser. <laughs> which is not the real eraser that they're selling, I don't think. It's, I think it's a large version of what they sell. This mm. is this is the like um, business machine expo all over again. Where they have like a, a 10 foot tall cash register to advertise their regular sized cash registers. I suppose. Dick asks Bruce why he is staring so intently at the girl. And Bruce marks that he's having a flashback to an old classmate from college. Hmm. He's not really staring at the girl. He's staring at the eraser. And it sent him into a slumdog millionaire style flashback. <laughs> Lenny Fiasco, great name, was remarkable for one thing. He constantly made mistakes in class and was always erasing the board. Bruce even remembers a time when he passed by Lenny while he was riding a horse-drawn sleigh during the winter carnival mm. as some kind of like crowned ice king. Of course Bruce Wayne would be the the ice king at a winter festival. With the ice queen at his side. Bruce may be an orphan, but he's had a pretty sweet life. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, he's living it up. Yeah. He really, like, he is high society. He looks like he's 
stepped out of the pages of some sort of storybook of the song Jingle Bells in this. He's got a he crown does. and a cape. Uh-huh. And he's driving a horse. Yeah, down, down like a snowy lane towards yes. some sort of, I guess it's like a high school or a college. It's a college, Like yeah. a private college. Mm-hmm. Of course. As the duo leave the model, Dick notices tears in her eyes, but it's soon forgotten as Bruce is swarmed by women wanting his autograph, which I feel is weird. Like, would you ask, like, Jeff Bezos for his autograph if you just, like, saw him out and about? He's not a millionaire playboy, though, right? He's just a millionaire. He's a recent divorcee. Billionaire. Although he divorced his wife because he was having a very public affair, so you probably don't feel like you can, like... Get in on that. No. Would you ask for... I mean, I feel like if I saw um, Bill Gates in public, I would probably ask Again, his Again, he's autograph. not a notorious, like, womanizer. Well, I, okay, you don't go up and ask a womanizer for his autograph. That's not... You I ask so. somebody for an autograph if they're famous. And Bruce Wayne is famous, sort of. Not really. I guess he's just a rich guy, right? Yeah. I don't understand why anyone wants his autograph. It's very strange. Uh, And Dick remarks that the only time people ask for his signature is on checks. So they do have checks in Gotham. (laughs) I was so upset to read this after... Weeks. Months. After 30 plus episodes of gigantic bags of cash being (laughs) stolen, of rubies being ripped off of people's heads... Of gate receipts, just just write a check. Just write a check. Don't have a giant bag of money as the end prize for your competition for best baby carriage. I best, don't know. Best boater, whatever. Best, best boatman. Water water skiing person. Fastest around the obstacle course on a pogo stick. Here have five hundred thousand dollars in, in cash. In cash. In cash. <laughs> what am I gonna do just with write that? A check. I'm immediately going to get mugged. Even if even if it doesn't get stolen by a supervillain. I'm immediately going to get mugged. I'm immediately going to get mugged afterwards. So when the two return home, Alfred tells them the bat phone has been ringing, has been blazing since they left. Mm-hmm. He had to put on asbestos gloves to pick it up, which I thought was very problematic. Why? Do you know? Oh. Do you know? What year did they realize that asbestos is a carcinogen? Yes, uh, it was outlawed in 1970, I want to say eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So uh, this would have been, yeah, like 10 years before the 10, 10 plus years before they realized that asbestos was incredibly harmful. Yeah, you wouldn't want to put that on your hands. <clears throat> My... Well, the asbestos is inside the gloves. Okay. It's it's still yeah no you because if they break open then you have asbestos in the air and you don't want that no not at all uh, that's something Julia Child used to say was how she had asbestos hands mm-hmm. which then was something my mom would say so now it's something that I say <laughs> when you like touch hot liquid you're like oh I have asbestos hands it's fine yeah I can just pick it up <clears throat> yeah bad for your hands though no don't do that don't do that. So strangely, the commissioner tells the duo that he'll give them all the info once they arrive at the Riverside Bank. Gordon worries someone might have tapped their phones. <gasps> Ooh, who could it be? I wanted to point out that there is a comment from Dick Grayson as they're leaving the Batcave as to, like, Batman won't tell him anything. And he says something like, oh, you're just trickling things out like a mystery writer has stopped doing that to me, which is really meta. It's like a commentary on the way that the comic itself is presenting the information. Yeah. They like don't receive all the information right away. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Batman truly doesn't know. Yeah. Gordon tells him. Exactly. But he doesn't tell Robin he doesn't know until they're like in the car heading to the police station. Yeah. (laughs) Which is... Kind of, uh, I don't know. It leaves him out of leaves Robin out of the loop, and I don't think he should he should do that. Do you think it's a weird John Broom stylistic choice? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay. You know something I learned about him was uh, originally his pen name was Ron Broom. Oh. Yeah. Why? Why would he change his first name? Don't know. It's something that rhymes. Did he? Yeah. Did he not want to be associated with comics or something? He was in witness protection. Did he want to? Yeah, I was gonna say though, but like maybe I don't know. Maybe I think didn't. this is actually his first like writing gig. Oh, he okay. Wrote under the pseudonym Ron Broom, 
And also, after he was done writing comics, he moved to Japan to teach English, which he did until he died. This is interesting facts. Yeah, I, I skimmed his Wikipedia article before we started recording. Oh, okay. And those are the two things I remember. Okay, <laughs> cool. Great. Okay, so yes, they go to the police station and Commissioner Gordon tells them... Actually, no. At the bank, Gordon tells the two all about these mysterious, clueless crimes happening all over Gotham. Objects go missing, yet none of the regular physical evidence is left behind. He mentions things like cigarette ash, uh, torn off buttons, body scent. Could it be Gotham's criminals are getting smarter? (laughs) No, it can't be that. It must be some fantastic eraser that can rub out evidence, as Gordon hypothesizes. Mm Mm-hmm. Batman also gets in on the action in this this panel looking for evidence himself with his micro bat lens, which looks to me like a telescope, which is attached to a regular to a magnifying, magnifying glass. It's like he took a one of those like big tube. Like, yeah, tube like telescopes, a, right? Yeah. Well, it looks like a roll of like. Oh, car- like, like a cardboard. wrapping paper. Yeah. yeah, a wrapping paper empty roll that he attached to just like a, a regular glass magnifying glass. And then spray painted the whole thing silver. <laughs> and he's like, now I can really see. It's so weird. So Batman insists they go outside so he can think clearly. But the duo are quickly mobbed by another group of women, this time asking Batman to autograph toy models of him that they made. Mm -hmm. And Dick thinks that he is being left out in the cold again. He thinks this in a thought bubble. Yes. Until bizarrely, one of the girls tells him she's a mind reader and knew he wanted some attention. So she kisses him on the lips. And my first, second, and third questions are what? <laughs> what? No, nothing like nothing like a little bit of mind reading to justify kissing a minor on the lips. He's like twelve. <laughs> I don't know. And no, this this never. Nothing. Nothing comes of this. No. I also want to point out. I wrote it in my notes. Because I thought it was important. Nothing comes of the fact that that model was like kind of tearing up earlier. Oh, yeah. I guess maybe I'll be able to connect it to something that kind of happens later. I'll mention it when that comes up. But I wrote that down because I was like, ah, she must come back at some point. Nope. But she doesn't. Not at all. So a lot of of dead ends in this comic. (laughs) And a lot of, I don't like this Dick mugging for the camera. Yeah. Dick addresses the audience. He looks straight straight, straight at me. He looks straight at you from the panel. It's very unsettling. To complain about not getting enough attention from women. Until he's forcibly kissed by a woman who says she can read his thoughts. <laughs> I don't like it. My confusion is interrupted by another Batman toy falling out of the window of a nearby business office. Mm-hmm. And the girls mention like, oh yeah, we work up there. It's where we're making tons of money, making models of you. Uh, and Batman instantly thinks something must be amiss. So he fires his grappling hook to the window and starts climbing. Mm-hmm. No clue why they can't just use the door. Okay. Right there. So here's the deal, right? They're climbing on the side of the building. Robin asks if there should be music playing. This is a direct reference to the 66 television show. I see. Okay. So, and this is, there's too many 66 television show references in this comic. And I think one of the reasons why the writing style is so weird is because they're referencing and trying to mimic the 66 television show. And advertising for it. And, and it, it's at this point where I understood the complaints that we read in one of the previous comics in like the letters to the editor section mm-hmm. where they were like, this is a weird version of Robin. Why is he Why is he quipping and saying stuff like this? It's not the Robin that we know and love. And like, I thought that that was silly. I was like, oh no, like, you know, they're, they're synergistic. They work together. Mm-hmm. But this comic like, leans way too much into the stuff that happens on the 66 television show. Yeah. And I think the writing style matches up too much with the television show, and it, like, makes it so that it feels like you're reading a poor, like, adaption. This is a rejected script. Yeah, it's it feels like you're reading a poor adaption of the television show oh, instead I... of a, a comic. Interesting. I, I see that. And I was about to say, like, well, Batman doesn't really feel too much like Adam West, but you know what? He does. Yeah. The, it's it's 100% like referencing the television show. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that makes sense then why they have to climb the wall. Mm-hmm. Although I do think those girls could have just easily let them through any locked doors. <laughs> 
From outside, they witnessed the business office getting robbed by a couple of gangsters. One of the girls had tossed a Batman toy out the window to get Batman and Robin's attention. The duo barge in through the window and say they got her message, and the gangsters reply, they'll give the heroes their own message, but this time spelled out in lead, and those that message will spell out the end in bullets in your body, Batman. That's a, that's a quite a lot of uh, steps to get to a poor, I don't know, pun? I guess. <laughs> So as the fight intensifies, the gangsters lament they didn't have the eraser to ensure the job. Mm. And Batman and Robin theorize mid-punch, who could this eraser be? And Robin says, sounds like an expert silencer, a killer, a dead shot. And I said, oh, dead shot? <laughs> no, he doesn't show up until later. I hope so. This, this panel here is also sort of very much reminiscent of the the television show with the pow and the bop and the crunch. I mean, I know they do that in, in the tele in, in the comics before this, but the fact that the, the action words are so big and are kind of like, uh, I don't know, what's the word highlighted? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like they're, they're really stand out yeah. is, is one of the other reasons I was like, this is a lot like the television show. I also want to cover the, the little advertisement that we get after that panel, okay. which is, uh, the motorific torture track. And I watched a, a video on YouTube that's like an advertisement for this. They're little battery-powered cars that go on uh, like a track that has slots for them to fit into. So it's not like a regular slot car track where it's like electric coming through it. They got batteries in them. And the, the bodies for the cars are swappable too. So you could like buy a new car body to put on top of the, the regular one to make it look like a different car. And I was like, this is a pretty cool toy. I would have liked this as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have played with it for like a month and then never played with it again. <laughs> Because after you make the track into, like, as many configurations as you can, there's pretty much nothing left to do with it. Yeah, it's gigantic. It is. I think they sell it piecemeal, too, though. Like, if you look at the, the picture... Yeah. If you look at the picture at the bottom of the ad, it shows, like, you buy, like, packages that have pieces of it. Mm. Yeah, I never owned a table big enough to fit this, so... <laughs> you, wrote, you put it on the floor. Oh, they're all playing with it on tables. Well, I guess so. Well, you know what? If I put it on the floor, my cat's gonna step that, on that it. That was actually a big thing. I want to say in like the fifties and sixties, like if you had, if you were like a boy and you had like models and stuff, you you had a table for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you did. I'm pretty sure my dad did. He, he oh, like I'm sure. played like army guys on it and stuff. Trains. Yeah. After the gangsters are knocked out, Batman finds a mysterious paper in one of their pockets that bursts into flames when he touches it. After signing one more autograph, <laughs> the two analyze their evidence in the Batcave. Detectiving! Mm -hmm. They're somehow able to scientifically restore the paper from the ashes, uh -huh, uh -huh. and they discover that it is a copy of The Secret Underground, a criminal newspaper that gives tips on committing crimes, lists help wanted for future crimes, and reviews the latest in Parisian fashions. That last one I think you made up. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see, uh, like, the... the what is it, Roger and Ebert of, uh, or no, Siskel and Ebert? Both. Okay. Oh, well, no, Roger Ebert is, Ebert and Roper is the other one. Okay, okay. Siskel and Ebert is the one you're thinking of, though. Okay, yeah, the, like movie reviews from criminals. Yeah. Guys who go to the movies who are, who rate uh, movies about criminals and mm -hmm. talk about how accurate they are. That'd be good. I feel like, well, Siskel and Ebert were never really like, oh, realism. They were mm. just, you know, about like the... The, the beauty of movie making. Mm. Oh, they got it wrong a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just one person's opinion. It is. It's, it's all. All reviews are just opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what what crime movies would you want to see them review that you don't think are accurate. I just want like I know that um, you know detective stuff, pulp stuff was was real big, mm -hmm. so they they could review all that sort of th things and and gangster movie, the gangster flicks. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not accurate at all. <laughs> I have a lot to say okay. about many of the crimes committed in these comic books. Okay, okay. They they mention in here, are you going to talk about it? The They look for card sharks. Card sharps. So card sharps. Yeah, so interesting. Oh, is it a Josh's fact corner? Come over here into my corner. It's Josh's mini fact corner. Yay. So card sharp with a P or card shark 
with a with a K. With a Q. Question mark. <laughs> no, with a K. So apparently in the 1880s, the word was card sharp because sharping was another term for swindling. Hmm. So if you had a pastor that was like a fake preacher who was just trying to get money from people by like passing through town, uh, they would be a sharp preacher. Oh. And the shark version of it, like card shark, is newer in the vernacular. It shows up in literature around like the 1940s. And that's a derivative from a German word called shirk, like S-C-H-U-R-K-E. Yeah, like to shirk your duties. Which is also meant for like swindling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the TV show Card Shark solidified the latter's popular usage. Mm -hmm. So most people today say Card Shark, and it's due in part to the fact that there was a television show called Card Sharks. Mm -hmm. I used to love watching that as a kid. Yeah, it's a a fun game. Mm -hmm. I try to play along. (laughs) I think I would have done pretty well. Do they have they revived that? I feel like they should. Oh, probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can continue with the comic. So they they reconstruct this newspaper for criminals. Yes. They soon find an answer to all their questions when they come across an ad for the eraser, a mysterious. I'm gonna call him a cleaner who can erase every clue from your crime for the modest cut of twenty percent before taxes. Yeah. He's I, he's kind of like. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Pulp Fiction? Harvey Keitel's character is like a cleaner. So, you know, they, the spoilers for Pulp Fiction, they accidentally shoot Marvin in the face. He dies in their car and they take him to Quentin Tarantino's house where he says the N word a whole bunch of times. And then he calls Harvey Keitel in and he just makes the problem go away. Uh-huh. I don't know exactly how, but he's just like, I'm a cleaner. I make problems go away. <laughs> and he's able to fix it. And then no one ever knows that Marvin got shot in the face. So, R.I.P. Marvin, he's he's a voice actor. That's uh, the guy who played uh, Static Shock. Was oh! Marvin in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so, uh, wow. R.I.P. Phil Lamar, you are my favorite part of Pulp Fiction. He's not dead. But Marvin <laughs> did get shot in the face. <laughs> Phil Lamar's great. Phil Lamar's great. He does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 20% of the job before taxes. I get that that's a joke. Like, you know, you don't pay taxes, but... On crimes, but I also think it's you really I, it's really funny to think about claiming a bank heist on a W two. I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> like imagining uh, unexpected income from uh, lottery winnings. <laughs> I'm just like you know thinking about it, and then you have to be like, okay, what was the take? How much did I? How much did we split it? Like which different ways? And then I gotta figure out how much of that is taxable, <laughs> and it's over a certain amount. <laughs> Does it? Oh, guys, we I don't want to rob this bank. It'll put me in, a, in another tax bracket. Oh, <laughs> Are you done with your tax jokes? Yes. Yes, okay. I am. Here's the most important thing on this panel. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at this. And Robin calls it camp. Yeah, which is another reference to the 66 television show. Robin, the boy wonder, dressed in his tiny little green and red and yellow... <laughs> tunic with his little baby shorts and his little shoes he calls this camp i just can't yeah well i mean it's a it's a man with a a a suit that looks like a pencil and a and a face like a a helmet that looks like an eraser but you know what he commits he there's no frills on it i feel like camp needs to have like a nod to like i know it's a costume but I feel like this doesn't. It's straightforward. No, yeah, this is this is. You're right. the 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 eraser's costume is a straightforward. It is what it says on the tin. He looks like a pencil. His head is an eraser. Mm-hmm. That that's just what he is. He's an eraser. I watch a lot of Drag Race. Okay. I will say some of my favorite like camp outfits. Um, a drag queen wearing a dress that was like the pattern of like a picnic table that you might see in an Italian restaurant and on her head was perched some meatballs and her hair looked like spaghetti. Okay. That's camp. Okay. That's the only one I can think of right now. Okay. Well, I mean the 66 television series was camp. Yes. And people were using that word at the time to describe it. 
So the fact that Robin references this is another, like, it's just like way too meta for me. It's, it's like the writer was like, well, we gotta, we gotta reference a television show because it's massively popular and we have to try and emulate it as much as we can. Mm -hmm. And it's just like too much. It's like, it's too much. The the other comics were still weird and funny. Mm -hmm. They, They didn't need to be meta. Yeah. We're about to uh, go all the way down the weird rabbit hole, so hang on. (laughs) The two form a brilliant plan to draw the eraser out into the open by baiting him with a crime. Later, the two are about to take a bath. I think they're or they're in like a gym with a pool. They're both fully clothed, but there is what looks like a bath or a pool in the background, perhaps. And Dick comments that all the girls fall for Bruce because his shaving soap makes them dizzy. And Bruce replies that Dick can try it out when he's older, when he's ready to shave. (laughs) For their ruse, Bruce dons an organ grinder costume with a fake mustache. I love it. He's truly a master of disguise. Yes. This is something that we don't get to see all the time is, Mm -hmm. you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman using his uh, master disguising skill. Yeah, I like his ascot. It's nice. (laughs) He does. He he looks like a a respectable organ grinder. Yeah. He is, however, wearing the same shaving soap, though. So anyone who's crossed paths with Batman will be able to tell. Bruce Wayne. Well, do you think people can't smell it when he's Batman? Uh, He doesn't shave when he's Batman. (laughs) That's... Categorically untrue. <laughs> I feel like any criminal who's fought Batman would be like, I recognize that smell. Maybe. Uh, anyone who's crossed paths with Batman will be able to tell who it is under the disguise. So not very smart for a detective. We cut to the two of them out trying to create their cover. And oh my God, Dick is dressed like a little monkey. <laughs> I don't know Why? I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish by having people see them as the organ grinder and his little monkey. <laughs> uh, he's not actually a monkey, though. He's just like a little a little boy. He's acting a little yeah, like a monkey. I guess acting like a monkey is that a thing? I, I thought don't organ grinders so. always had real monkeys. Yeah, never little boys acting like monkeys. I don't know. Are the people confused? Do, do they think that they're going to confuse this small boy for a monkey? This lady looks confused. And this boy is wearing Batman merch. Yeah, it is pretty weird about how many people wear Batman merchandise in Gotham. I love it. I would. And and buy his stuff. Yeah, I love it. Do you think Wayne Tech manufactures Batman costumes? <laughs> Batman, Batman merch? No. Is Bruce in on the take? No. There's no way that Wayne Tech owns a toy company. I mean, maybe they're like a subsidiary somehow. Like Wayne, Wayne Enterprises bought like some company that bought another company. So it's like three three levels removed. Mm. They're a toy company that belongs to him. Yeah. But like not, not directly. It's not Wayne Toys. No, no. Okay. So they're creating this cover so that the eraser can take the bait for their crime and know that, like, they're real people, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But the night of the crime, Dick isn't even allowed to come along. Why did you dress him up as a monkey at all then? (laughs) What was the point of all that? It's to create the cover. Batman then fake robs a jewelry store safe that's filled with his own money. (laughs) And he prearranged this with the police. And I wonder if the police were curious why... Uh, Batman is fabulously wealthy enough to like fill a safe with his own money, or if they just expect most people in Gotham to be fabulously wealthy, <laughs> maybe. And uh, Batman wonders when the Eraser is going to show up, and suddenly something from my nightmares appears. <laughs> so we gotta talk about Eraser's look. Okay, it's maybe the creepiest thing I've ever seen, and we need to get this man in a gritty Batman movie. <laughs> Oh. He needs this. You know what? This is almost exactly what uh, Riddler looks like. No, the weird little mask. Well, the weird. He does have a weird mask, but yeah. it doesn't look exactly like the Riddler. Although he would fit one hundred percent in that Robert Pattinson. Absolutely, movie. he's he's thin and angular and sharp, and I don't like his beady little eyes. Yeah, he's got like pinholes in his in his in his helmet. Yeah, he has a helmet that looks like the top of a pencil that has an eraser on the top. 
And like in the the I guess where the metal part that holds the eraser on mm. would be, there's like these two tiny pinholes <laughs> with with no like face on it yeah. at all. It's, it's it's spooky. It's rather upsetting. <laughs> Batman says he was expecting the eraser to show up after the job, but the eraser replies that a good eraser removes clues as they are being made, which is not how an eraser works. No. No, you gotta wait until it's all done. Unless you realize your mistake, but... It's strange. Eraser thankfully removes his creepy headpiece to reveal that he's just some blonde dude. Much less scary. No, no, no. He's not just some blonde dude. Well, he explains that the eraser has a special compound that removes everything, including shoe prints. And Batman immediately realized that it's Lenny Fiasco. Oh my goodness. What a coincidence that because the criminal is the exact same guy that Bruce was thinking about earlier. Of course it is. Be- the only thing Bruce remembers about him was him erasing things. So he has made that the core conceit of his criminal identity. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, I mean, he had been working on this gimmick since childhood. Yes. Even in school, he was working on this gimmick. This is like that guy who collected big cats for most of his life and yeah. then was like, I'll just be Catman. I guess so. But Lenny gets the drop on him by exposing that he knows it's Bruce Wayne under the disguise. And Bruce further digs his grave by saying that that's just bats. <laughs> like, shh, Bruce, shh, shh, don't say anything about bats. So, okay, how does he remember that it's Bruce Wayne? Well, it turns out my suspicions were right all along. Okay. Lenny recognizes Bruce by his distinctive shaving soap, which is apparently not widely sold. <laughs> so Bruce definitely should not wear it then. I, I can just imagine criminals warning each other about Batman. Listen, if you're on a job and it suddenly gets real quiet and you smell cedarwood and oak moss, buddy, watch out! <laughs> Get out of there! <laughs> It's so weird and kind of impressive that this man recognizes a guy who he hasn't seen presumably in years mm-hmm. by the smell of his like shaving cream that he like because he sat next to him in high school. Yeah. Like it's a shaving soap. He's he's in a he's in a um, He's in a disguise, right? Yeah. If there was a high school friend of yours that had like a distinctive perfume that was in a disguise, do you think that you would be able to pick them out? No. I, I don't think I would be either, unless I recognize their face. I can't recognize people I've known all my life wearing masks. So, <laughs> no. I don't think so. <laughs> now that everyone's masks are off and I suddenly know what everyone looks like, I'm like, whoa. I know I do. You look like that. <laughs> well, you had that issue with your coworkers that you, like, started working with during the pandemic. And yeah. you had no idea what they looked like. Now I come in without masks on. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Get why out of my system. Why are you going in the back room? Uh, so Lenny further reveals that he was jealous of Bruce because he got attention from, I'm going to go with Celia Smith. C-E-L-I-A? Celia. Yeah. I have a Facebook friend who named her daughter this, and she pronounces it Thalia. No. With a T-H. No, Celia. Thalia. Yeah, I don't. Well, how do you get a T-H from a C? I don't, I don't know. Unless it's like a, I don't know, is it a C in Cyrillic or something? (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> she pronounces it Thalia. Okay, whatever. Uh, Celia. Yes. Celia Smith, who is the ice queen. Uh, not helping, Bruce notes that he didn't even know her name. They only hung out that one day at the carnival. <laughs> which is even more wild to me. You hung out all day long. You were named ice king and queen. And you didn't even be like, hi, Bruce Wayne, nice to meet you. You didn't even ask her name. Well, maybe he just doesn't remember. Again, this is like, this is at least decades ago. I don't, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would, like, forget someone. He just says, was that her name? As though they never even had a conversation. <laughs> they didn't talk to each other on that beautiful horse-drawn sled. Maybe he misheard her name. Maybe he thought it was Thalia. <laughs> oh, oh, that Ce- was her name. Oh, Celia? She oh. pronounced it Thalia. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Bruce tells Lenny to turn himself in, and Bruce will help him get his life back on track. Because money can fix everything. (laughs) And Lenny responds to that with a swift kick to the butt. Angry that Bruce didn't even know Celia's name. He says he's happy to be getting money erasing the underworld's mistakes instead of his own. Lenny sticks his goons on Bruce, but the unmasked manhunter fights back valiantly. Did I get it there? Yeah, unmasked. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) One of the men suggests Lenny should rub Bruce out, but there's no time for that right now. (laughs) 
Lenny knocks out Bruce with the gas from his boot, and the criminals explain the gas doesn't affect them because they're wearing nose filters. <sighs> nose filters. How, it's like a thing in comics. How did he smell Bruce's soap then? Because uh, it's... Oh, good question. Yeah. I guess the no, the filter is large enough that it allows scent particles through. Yes. But small enough that it doesn't allow whatever's noxious in, gas. Whatever this noxious gas is. Uh okay. Big if true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't know. I who knows? Who? Maybe he stuck him in after the fact. Yes. Like he knew that he was gonna deploy the gas. So as Bruce was um like What's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, distracted with the other goons. Mm-hmm. He like, you know, Pop, right up in, in, right up in there. Sure. I mean, we'll see later. Somebody else will very quickly put uh, yeah. filters in his own nose. Yes. Anyway, he awakens in Lenny's weird ice carnival fantasy, <laughs> complete with non-melting ice sculptures of Celia and Bruce. It's so weird. It Why? This guy needs to learn to let go yeah. of the past. He has like ice slash glass sculptures of the moment that he hates remembering why can't he just let this go he it seems like he was trying to kidnap bruce specifically but he didn't know it was bruce until he actually got got there why did he have these ice sculptures just sitting around he was like oh someday i'll probably come across bruce wayne and celia smith and i'll kidnap them it seems like he never even made an attempt to talk to this woman like if Bruce know. barely knew her name, it means that she wasn't occupied talking with him for that day. No. Why didn't he just approach her? I don't know. I think it's he's his own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. He He's the one who forced himself into this mistake. It's true. And there's no erasing that. There's no erasing the regret of the past. <laughs> that's, that's the moral of the story before we even get into the comic. Yeah. We've, we've stumbled upon it. Lenny's boys put Bruce inside the sarcophagus-like statue of himself. Even though it's non-melting ice, it apparently will eventually cause him to freeze to death. I don't know what non-melting ice is. It doesn't make any sense. That's not a real thing. Trapped inside the statue, Bruce remembers that cold contracts and heat expands. And focusing on flexing his wrists and ankles, Bruce eventually shatters his constraints. He's free! And we got a science lesson. (laughs) Yeah! Oh, we've fulfilled our comics code, (laughs) like, required uh, information. Mm Mm-hmm. Robin arrives just then, and the criminals are distracted long enough for Batman to put on his costume. (laughs) He's still wearing the shaving soap, though, and Bruce suddenly disappeared without a trace. I just feel like the eraser should be able to piece this together. (laughs) Maybe Maybe his costume smells so strongly of something else. So he leaves it in the Batcave. It smells like it smells dank, like yeah, just wet, dank and must and vengeance. It smells and like definitely not anything that's coming off of Catwoman. Bat guano. What? It smells like bat guano. What's guano? Is it? That's their extra droppings. Yeah, droppings. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Batman and Robin let loose this wild stream of lies about how the eraser's pressure on the floor triggered an alarm that alerted them to his presence at the crime, and that Bruce Wayne had some kind of tracking system in his shoe that led them to the hideout. And the eraser believes all of this. (laughs) And also that Bruce Wayne ran away because he's a scared little man. And not that he's just the man who was standing there five seconds ago and is suddenly wearing a different costume. But has the same build and voice and smell as the other man. <laughs> he did take off his mustache, though. I wish he'd kept the mustache on. That would have been funny. <laughs> mustache Batman. The two sides fight, this time with the eraser's gas having no effect. Batman remarks that he can wear a nose filter, too. Yeah. I guess it's inside his cowl, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've done that before, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Oh, I wanted to just say really quickly, the the reason that I thought uh, the model might come back was I thought she was going to be Celia. I oh. thought maybe she would, I thought maybe he'd get there and like she would already have been in her sculpture and, maybe and he she was to save her. They, they mentioned at the beginning of the comic that she was waving to him or something. Maybe she was waving because she recognized him. Maybe. Yeah. And that, she was like, help me, I'm trapped. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good way to tie it all together. Yeah. Honestly, Julia Schwartz, get at me. I... Yeah. These are free ideas you're getting from me. As as editor, you should have you should have seen this and and uh, punched this up. 
I love talking to ghosts <laughs> from the 60s. You should, you should have punched up uh, John, John Broom's work here. Yeah. So as they're fighting, Batman also starts humming the skater's waltz. Music to put the criminals on ice to. Hmm. And it made me think, like, can you imagine how creepy it would be? Like, especially if it was, to like... Be, to be beat up by a man who's humming a weird tune. Yeah. I'm simply imagining, like, Robert Pattinson's Batman. <laughs> or even, like, Kevin Conroy's Batman. Or, like, the, the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Just, like, <laughs> humming as he, like, beats the crap out of you. Yeah, that's incredibly unsettling. How horrifying it's a, it's that It's an unsettling be. picture. Mm-hmm. Mental picture. Listen, buddy. If you smell that oak moss and that cedarwood and you start to hear Beethoven's fifth... <laughs> Drop the loot. It's not worth You're it. You're in a world of pain. You're in a world of pain. <laughs> Batman and Robin visit Lenny in prison and mm. taunt him <laughs> by gifting him a giant eraser so he can erase all of his mistakes in jail. I just imagine how this went at, like, the gate. Uh, okay, Batman, anything to check before you enter the prison? Ah, uh, yes, this three-foot-tall eraser that I brought with me. Can I, am I allowed to just... Can I just... I promise there's not anything hidden inside of here. Am yeah. I allowed to just give it to... Can I just... It's going to be a really good dig. It's bet- it's an inside joke. It's between me and him. He's, it's, he's really going to hate it. <laughs> but I think he's going to think about it. I think it's going to help him perform. I need to give... <laughs> I need to give one of one of these one of the the inmates a giant eraser. Uh, a what now? Excuse me. <laughs> what else do you expect from a man who dresses like a bat? Yes. Well, he gives it to Lenny in the hopes that he can come out of jail with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What terrible! What terrible puns! Mm-hmm. What so, is yeah. What does Lenny say about this? Oh, he says it's better to be a rubber <laughs> than a robber. <laughs> So he's in jail rubbing one out. His mistakes, that is. Lenny does do that. No comment. (laughs) No comment. Well, what what an adventure we've had today. (laughs) What a ride. What a ride. This isn't one of the episodes that we drank while recording, but maybe it should have (laughs) been. We had a lot of fun on this one. We did. We We've seen a lot today. Yeah. There, there's nothing to cover about the eraser. He hasn't shown up in any media, at least as far as I'm aware of. Let I think he might it. have he might have appeared in like one episode of Brave and the Bold as like, oh, look at one of these wacky villains that he had. Yeah. But other than that, like this is the only appearance of him. He's a weird villain, and I think he should he should come back for the Robert Pattinson film. If not the one that they're making, because they're probably already done with that one. Or most of the way done with it, and the script's already written. But uh, maybe maybe the sequel. Maybe they get Robert Pattinson to fight him in the sequel. Here's Rogue Roundup. The Eraser has a minor cameo appearance in the post-crisis continuity. He turned up in Ambush Bug, year none number four, in 2008. Okay. And he returned as part of Bruce Wayne's imagination in Batman R.I.P., Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a whole thing in Batman uh, R.I.P. where he, like, relives stuff that happened in the Silver Age that, mm-hmm. like, wasn't canon at that point, but they, like, were like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if he experienced it again in, yeah. a, in a dream? He also shows up in Neil Gaiman's 2009 story, Whatever Happened to the Caped Crusader, which is one of my favorite comics, which I own. He also made a cameo appearance in The Batman, The Brave and the Bold, and he's part of Joker and Penguin's army of C-list villains in Scooby-Doo and Batman, The Brave and the Bold. <laughs> and a Lego version of him makes a cameo appearance in the Lego Batman movie, along with, like, every other villain ever. He's seen driving a commandeered truck alongside Crazy Quilts. Oh, Who we'll have to do in a future episode. Yeah. We didn't do... Uh, no, we're not going to do Crazy Quilt, I don't think. He's not a Silver Age villain? I think he's like a Golden Age villain and then didn't appear again until like the Bronze. Hmm. Okay. We could still do him if we if we run out of stuff. I mean, I only have, what, like 20 more episodes that we can do, mm-hmm. which is going to run out by the end of next year. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Maybe our listeners can suggest episodes by emailing us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Or hitting us up on Twitter, at Batmates. Yeah. Or rating us five stars and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using to listen to our beautiful voices right now. 
And I think that's all the housekeeping we have. I would like to wish our listeners a good day or good night, depending on when they're listening to this. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. Happy Father's Day to all the Bat Dads out there. Yeah. And happy Juneteenth, which is now a federal holiday. Yeah. So have a great weekend. you got two holidays to celebrate. So go out there and eat a hot dog. Set off some fireworks. Set off some fireworks. It's not too early. <laughs> fireworks for every holiday. Yeah. Summer of fireworks. Like I like blowing stuff up. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.